Hello, lovely people. Welcome. My name is Priscilla, the voice behind uh, Mom Manze, the blog. I'm so happy to have you join me for podcast sessions. Loads to discuss, loads to share. Basically, we are going to be covering anything to do with motherhood. Nothing is off limits. We don't take ourselves seriously over here. Lots of laughing, lots of sharing, experiences, tips, hacks, all that good stuff. So please join me and let's enjoy this journey. So today I would like to take the opportunity to discuss teaching consent to kids. Let's dive right in. Let's start with trying to define consent. Consent is basically permission for something to happen, giving permission for something to happen, or agreeing for something to happen. So that means that you are enthusiastically, very willingly, very openly agreeing to something, right? So how are we going to teach our kids to know that they have a right to give consent, especially when it comes to anything to do with their bodies? That brings me to something called body autonomy. Body autonomy is the right for a person to govern what happens to their body without external influence or coercion. What does that mean? It basically means that you're giving your child, you're teaching your child to know, to learn that they're in charge of their body. What they say goes, and no one else has a right to do that. And of course, things like teaching them about how people can influence them or how they can be coerced is something that is that goes much deeper and that they will learn over time. You can't teach that skill in you know, especially like me who has very young kids, I don't expect to be able to teach them to understand that part. What I do expect to, what I do hope to achieve or what I hope to have achieved by starting this project to teach them is for them to be able to understand that no one can touch them without them, you know, agreeing to it. No one can make them do anything, especially something that concerns their body without them giving full permission. Let's go back to why we need this. You know, some of you might be asking, why should we have this discussion? You know, why is it important? Or maybe babies are so young, what's the right age to start at? Oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. I know, I've been there. I've been there, guys. So why? let's start with a why. Why have that discussion? I feel like the world we are in today, and okay, that doesn't make sense because you know the the world has the world is the way the world is, but I feel like the way things are, there is so much. There's an information overload today. There is so much out there. So how are we going to protect our kids? to not be um, influenced by what is out there, to not be 
taken advantage of because of people having easy access to them via the internet, meeting people who are wrong via the internet. How do we protect our kids? You know, um, there's something that I think it's a myth that we need to debunk. This whole thing that um, child abuse, child childhood molestation is something that happens maybe when a stranger has access to your child. That's very rarely, guys. That's very rare. That's the, the, the percentage of that happening is quite low. The highest percentage, I think it's 90% plus. I'm sorry, I don't have the actual statistics. Um, the highest percentage of molestation cases, childhood molestation cases, childhood abuse cases, sexual abuse, that is, is happening within homes, within our homes. You know, but with this is this this is happening to our kids by people who, God forbid, I shouldn't say that, but this is happening to kids by people who basically have access to them. What does that mean? It means that these are close family members. It means that these are close family friends. It means that these are employees in your home, people who have access to your kids. It could be anybody. It could even be a teacher, God forbid, but it can. So what why should we do this we have to teach our kids not to expect the worst but to know that they have a right to stand up for themselves especially when it comes to their bodies right so the why this is happening this could happen to you i'll give you an example um a victim of childhood molestation myself and uh, I'm not going to delve into the details, but basically what happened was as a very, very young child, I think I must have been a little younger, maybe than three or two in between the age of two and three, I think is when it started. And we had an employee at home, completely trusted by my parents. He had been with them for a while, you know, and trust and that sort of thing. And of course, as as that goes, he had he he had continued to take on more more duties as he as he earned their trust and as he worked well. So of course he saw an opportunity, and this is what happens. This is called something called grooming, where the perpetrator will earn your trust, a new child's trust. So anyway. Um, this happened and it carried on for a while because by the time it started, I think we were still living in Jinja and it continued well into when we transitioned and moved to Kampala. So anyway, um, I remember I was very young because my vocabulary was not big. I had a few words, but I couldn't quite string sentences together. And initially, you know, that was the advantage how was I going to say, what was I going to tell and how was I going to explain? Of course, over time, you know, as I, I learned to, to speak better and, and you know, with a child that happens very quickly. So I can't even tell you over time span, honestly, but over time, I think I started to be vocal because what happened then is we transitioned into, you better not tell anyone. I'm thinking I must've been pushing back in some way. You better not tell anyone, otherwise I'll kill you. And you know, I'll kill mommy. And I understood that as a child. I understood that and it put so much fear in me. And after that, 
I just I just went quiet until mercifully he was caught red-handed. But what am I trying to say by sharing this? I, I came from a very loving home, very attentive parents. My parents were very present. You know, I can't claim that they were traveling a lot or away working. Or no, my parents were very present. We were surrounded by so many people. We had, um, I had my siblings. There were relatives, um, cousins of ours living at home, living in the house with us. But you see, this past, this was something that no one got to see, I imagine. And... I want you guys to understand that myth that, you know, this is going to be someone who may be walking to your home. No, these guys, it rarely happens because these guys don't have access to your kids, guys. So this is going to happen with someone in your house. My parents were, you, you, sometimes we think, oh, that sort of thing happens to parents who are negligent. Uh, no, it can happen to anybody. Or it happens to parents who maybe are too busy and away a lot from home, not necessarily, guys. Or it happens to parents, to, to people who are living in slums or a village setting, you know, where parents don't care much or they don't know better. Not true, guys, okay? So we need to be very, very, very... Um, first and foremost, we need to educate ourselves to begin with, you know? And then we need to pass this education on to our children. I hope we're together. So we find that we've covered the why, why have the discussion, or I hope I have sufficiently. And then we're moving on to, oh my gosh, how do I even start? You know, now like for myself, with very young kids, ages six, three, and almost two, you're asking yourself, how on earth do I even begin? You know, how am I going to do this? And I decided to start with the very basics. There is no way you're going to teach a child to understand that their body is theirs when they don't know their body, right? So that's where I started. I started, you know, sim simply uh, started to talk about it during bath time, you know, now I'm going to scrub your knee or now we need to lift your arm so that we can get the underside of your arm. So, you know, you know, we're going to clean your body. You have to clean everywhere. You have to, you know, you have to be thorough. And in doing so, as we talked over time, I got to realize one thing which I had seen already while I was doing the research. We really need to do away with his nicknames for privates, guys. Mm. <laughs> uh, Susu, for example, Mini, Missy. My daughter had started to do something really interesting. Of course, as they're bathing, you're going to, you know, she's going to look at her brothers and she, she has noticed that she's different. So she started to, I had them one time argue with my son and I had to tell him, you go away with your long susu. In my head, I was like, what? <laughs> so anyway, back to the point. All those names, we have to do away with them. Because you imagine, your ch I noticed her having seen that, you know, there was a difference. means that they see these things. So how do they, what, what do they call them, you know? All that stuff. We need to talk to our kids about that stuff. So anyway... I very nervously approached the giving the right anatomical 
names to the parts okay and there i was trying to teach her okay this is your vagina it's very delicate normally it's girls that have this you've noticed yours is different from your brother's so this is how you clean it so that guys that's how it started and then now moving on to the boys bath time i was talking to them of course, with my almost two-year-old, I didn't expect him to actually understand, but he actually picked up the word. Actually, now the problem is that he uses the word at strange times. Like yesterday at uh, lunchtime, I was trying to feed him, and he thought it was hilarious to start shouting the word penis, you know, at the top of his voice over and over repeatedly. Eventually, just broke down and we just laughed about it. So anyway, back to the point. Please teach the right anatomically correct terminology it's very important we go around you know naming these parts giving nicknames to all these parts and whispering about these parts and i think we are passing down i don't know if it's shame or if it's i don't know what it is honestly i can't tell you it's something that i picked up because i remember with my first child i was very the first time that we know we're talking and i was bathing him and you know i realized i had never addressed that part of his body so i really scratched my head for a few days about what to call it until it hit me i had my mom bathing him and saying that and i said okay that's what i should do that's what seems right because they're kids they shouldn't have such big words in their mouths wrong guys they need to know this is their body they need to know and we need to remove that shame around it or whatever it is the secrecy we need to remove that, you know, that thing around that and have give them pride in, in who they are and what they are and what they have, right? And in so doing, if we're very open about such conversations, it's going to be very hard for someone to come and try and do something because I think it's confusing. If someone comes and they're touching them, you know, is that what is supposed to happen? Because of all these whispers and you don't talk about those parts, your child doesn't know. And then it also carries on from there. And these people also take advantage. So let's strip that away from them, guys, okay? Strip that away and give the parts the right terminology. Then when we covered that, uh, the, the bath part, then we moved on to, you know, even when you need help with your bath, you have a right to tell somebody, you know, to ask auntie or to ask, you know, daddy or myself, that could you please help me to, I can't reach my back. Can you help me scrub my back? And it should be a scenario where if they're done, then you're going to say, thank you. That's enough. I can do the rest. And letting them know that if it goes beyond that, if you've asked for somebody to stop and they're still doing so, then maybe we need to, you know, address it also. And you can let mommy or daddy know or auntie know. Um, you know, your guard, their guardian, basically. So that's that's one. Two, this is now piggybacking off what I just said, you know. Two, um, teach them to have to bathe themselves. Give them that power, you know. If your child knows how to have a bath on their own, they're going to be able to do it on their own and they're going to be able to know that I can do this. I normally do this for myself. So when so-and-so was bathing me and I asked them to stop, they carried right on. So they will know, you know, they will know that they have that power. 
So what we did, of course, next was this is how you bathe. This is what you need to do. You need to be very careful when you're cleaning your vagina or your penis. With a vagina, you're going to use water only, you know, because it's very delicate down there. You know, you don't want to, to put soap there. You know, clean thoroughly. Same for the boys. So, and then, you know, that thing that I mentioned, when they need help, they will ask. And they will also let you know and thank you when you've helped and it's time to stop. Give your child that power. And then we come to the third point. The third thing that we did was to learn how to wash underwear, which we're still doing. Honestly, this is an ongoing process and I know we're going to have to keep going over and over and over it again well into maybe their teens or even after that, you know, whatever it takes, guys, whatever it takes. So now we're learning how to wash our underwear and, you know, we had the discussion, what's this? It's my underwear or it's my panty or it's my... Okay, I was like, okay, so this is yours. Where does it go? It goes under my clothes. You know, what does it cover? So we had all that. You know, we talked and talked and we, we will still continue to talk about it. And basically getting them to understand that they are in charge of that garment. You know, that is theirs. They own it. No one has a right to remove it or take it off or take it away if they do not want them to. That's, that was my thinking anyway. So then we went through how to wash, how to make sure it's washed clean. You have to do this every day for yourself. And it now is at a point where when they forget or when I have forgotten, they'll be like, oh, wait, mommy, I haven't washed my underwear. And then we'll go get it and then we'll come and wash and then, you know, rinse and then hang it up. That there for me um, made sense. It, it just made sense. So um, once we had that covered, then I was ready to now slowly, because now they have an understanding of their bodies, I was ready now to start to teach them now body autonomy, the right to their, um, the right to govern their own bodies. So then we moved now to understanding, you know, you are your own person. You, Matisse, are different from Matthew. Matthew is different from Isaac. You know, Isaac is different from mommy. Sometimes, you know, the way that I interact with my kids or they interact with me, sometimes I really think that they, at that age, they don't know, they, they, they think of me as an extension of their bodies. I don't know if that makes sense. They will sit on me. They will, you know, examine my body, check my ears, pull your hair. You know how it is, moms. So basically, I feel like that's <laughs> for a parent with very young children, especially, this feels like like it's insane. How, how am I going to get them to understand that when mommy doesn't want to be touched in a particular moment, yes, and it happens, when mommy doesn't want to be touched, um, you know, she has a right to say, guys, can we please stop, time out? Can you guys just sit on your own for a bit? So that's something that currently I'm struggling with. And I'm also struggling with, you know, when I just reach out and just cover their faces in kisses or just reach out for a hug, it's just instinctual that you find yourself 
doing these things because I don't think I knew any different growing up. So now I'm having to teach them that you have a right to agree first before someone just hugs you, kisses you, shakes your hand, or touches you generally, okay? Um, and these people have a right as well. You can't just reach out and hug someone when they don't feel like it. Especially, I'm seeing this a lot with my daughter and, and my, my youngest son, Isaac. She, Matisse is very affectionate. So she randomly reaches out for a kiss. And sometimes I see, you know, this little guy pushing away and she will just hold on to him with all her strength and just force kisses. So we had to have a talk about that. So guys, teach your kids to, res to be respectful of their bodies and other people's bodies. If you want to greet somebody, please ask. If if you want to hug somebody as a greeting, you know, you can say, may I please hug you? Or they also have a right to ask you. And if you don't feel like it, then you have a right to say no. Okay? That's very crucial. Teaching them that um, your body is your body as it is alone and this person's body is their body as it is alone. It's not an extension. It's You have no rights over what they feel or what they want to do with their bodies. It's quite something, something huge to wrap your mind around. And of course, I worry that I'm going to have scenarios where, let's say, they're going to use that against me. You know, the business of... Yeah, so when it comes to the point where your child is going to use this against you or it's my body so I don't feel like leaving the house today so I will not be going to school or I will not be going to that event or I don't feel like or I don't want to and you can't force me because it's my body wow I think this is every parent's nightmare because the moment I read about this that's all I was thinking about I was thinking okay I'm in trouble because what will I do when that happens I'm not going to force them and then, you know, find myself going against what it, sh what I should be teaching. What do you do in that scenario? Guys, I, have, I don't have all the answers. But what I can say is kids push back all the time without even having this as an excuse. And do what you normally do. Um, maybe sit and have a chat about it. Or you have a, you know, explain to them why it's in their best interests for them to go to school or attend, you know, a certain event or, you know, whatever it could be. Just talk to them like you would a normal person. So many times as a parent, I find myself forcing my will on my kids because I simply, honestly, to be, to be completely honest with you guys, it hadn't occurred to me for a while, especially with my first child that this little person was his own person and he had his own feelings and own rights. And the first time it hit me, I remember being really shocked by it. It's crazy, right? It should be obvious. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, it wasn't. Not for all, not for all of us. So I have, I'm still, I still struggle with, and I'm still learning to be able to talk through things and explain my reasoning and to accept that it's either going to be you know, taken on or rejected. It happens. But, you know, give your children time and talk to them. And you can't even have the conversation about, oh, I know that you're using this against me. I really hoped you wouldn't, but we can talk about it. Okay? 
normally there's something behind that something that as as parents maybe we need to get we need to to nip in the bud or talk about and find out what's behind so we've spoken about body autonomy or body sovereignty um okay it doesn't mean the same thing i think um body sovereignty um okay it's very similar because it basically stands for every person has a right to full control of their body more or less the same thing then we move on to now um teaching kids to read emotions facial expressions and body language uh this has been interesting for me because when i re- when i researched and read about this i realized oh my god in so many ways i've been doing this because like I mentioned, my daughter is extra affectionate or my my oldest can be really, really forceful as, and he'll tell her, oh no, I'm the oldest, so you must. So anyway, um, I keep telling them, but you can't, you're trying to give a hug, but look at the person you're giving a hug to. They're definitely pushing you away. They don't look happy. So you have to teach them to read those cues you know look at somebody's face are they saying yes but look very scared are they saying yes but look extremely uncomfortable you know please read into that are they saying yes but are pushing you away so learn teaching them of course they're very young mine personally are very young so that's going to be you know quite interesting to see them kind of get an understanding of it and thankfully, there's all kinds of resources out there, including videos, and we've watched quite a few, and we'll continue to watch them over and over again until it's easier, and we'll continue to talk. So always look out for opportunities where you can impart a lesson when it comes to reading people's cues. The next point we're moving on to now is to teach your child that no means no. Okay? That's very, very, very important. You wouldn't believe how many times, especially with my oldest, because he's a bit older, and of course he's he's picking up all kinds of things as he goes along and learning all kinds of tricks for himself as he goes along. Um, we've had scenarios. I recently, I think maybe um, towards the end of last year, I overheard him basically tell his sister because she went to, he sent her to ask me for something, I think. And I said, no. And then I had her go to him and say, but mommy said no. And then I had him say, no, sometimes mommy just says no, but she doesn't mean it. Oh my God, guys, I was so mad. I was so mad. And my initial instinct was to go and tell him off. And right in the middle of telling him off, um, he said, but the other day when you said no, and then I, I I asked again, you said yes. And I said, oh my God, I can't blame this child. So many times I will move goalposts, you know. He'll nag so much that I'll just give in and say, ah, okay, yes. And it happens to so many parents. So I had to learn. And my husband had been telling me this for the longest time. And honestly, I didn't get it. He had been telling me you cause you're going to cause yourself a problem if you say no, let your no be a no no matter what, no matter how much he nags, no matter how much he whines, let it be a no. So they will pick up these things, these cues from us. Okay. 
So this child will now start to say, okay, mommy's no is not like a hard no. Hmm? Or daddy's no is a no and, you know. So we need to teach them that a no is a no, no matter what. But it also has to come back to you as well. When your child says no, respect that no, because they will learn from that. Because if you don't respect their no, they will not respect yours or anybody else's. All right, guys? So teach your child that a no means no. So the next point is a really tough one for me because I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. I've shown them a few pictures and tried to get them to talk, but I think at the time they were just not feeling it. Maybe just didn't understand it. Or, I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't go well. This one is to teach your children to understand what is good or acceptable touch and what is bad or inappropriate touch. Um, oh gosh, this is so hard. Forgive me. Your children, especially when they're much younger, you touch them a lot. If you try to sit down and review the amount of times or the number of times you touch your children, I'm telling you guys, it's insane. It's insane, especially for me, a stay-at-home mom, it's insane. It's It just feels like we're just an extension of each other because we're constantly touching. So um, how do you teach a child who's very young? You know, with older kids, you can teach them or they will have, you know, picked up a few things here and there. What feels good, what feels bad, what feels just weird, you know, and what feels off or what feels completely okay and gosh my sister and I were discussing this the other day anyway let me get to that let me first finish with this so anyway what's good what is good what is considered good touch or what would what would your child feel is good touch good touch for me feels like you know more interactions okay you're reaching out to help them wash their hands you are probably fastening their buttons, tying their laces, combing their hair, a pat on the shoulder, you know, a hug from, you know. So it's, this is tough for me because in so many ways, a person who's in your household that they are used to is going to do the same things. Do you know what I mean, guys? Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So then how do you how do you differentiate? How, what's the distinction? That one, honestly, it's a work in progress. But um, what we can do is tell them what is not good touch. Someone touching you when you've clearly said no. Someone trying to touch your vagina, your penis, your chest, your uh, buttocks, your, when you've said no, when you've given a distinct no, you know? That's not, that's not okay. So what I think I'm going to focus on is to try and talk about what's not okay touch. And we can start from there. And then I think as they grow older, then you can discuss more because then they'll have more scenarios. So uh, my sister and I were discussing this the other day. Growing up, we come from a very, a very big first and foremost, and then very affectionate family. 
<laughs> so actually laughing about it but when i started to read to to read about consent i realized that my gosh the levels of wrong um we have an an aunt who was very okay we had many aunties and of course as growing up as a girl you know you things are okay until you kind of are prepubes prepubescent and things are growing and you're changing and you're shy and you guys i think you can remember that time in your life you were very awkward you didn't want anybody to look at you basically you if for me at that time in my life if i could have blended into a wall i would have been at my happiest so we had this auntie who her greeting was she's going to give you a hug and then she's going to fill you up not in a wrong way i know that sounds very wrong <laughs> it's just it was just her way of how much have we grown type of thing do you understand so before you know it she has reached into places that i don't even know how fast this this lady was would move really fast she'd have her hand up your shirt or inside or on top but i'm telling you guys that after i started to read about consent i realized this was a bit off and of course you'd say no you're trying to hold your skirt down you're trying to you know hold your shirt down you're trying to but this these were considered culturally as our mamas so for them that was their way of hey okuze you know you really grown you really i see things that i didn't see last time type of thing but i think <laughs> we need to teach our children better yes aunties we love you we love you very much but observe from a distance please and thank you okay to touch more on um what is considered good and bad touch um i've read all kinds of books and of course there's one thing that i really liked and i found has been really helpful from a very young age from the moment they're newborns i like to do it i found it very strange to work in silence while you're talking to your baby bath time I mean, it's going to take your clothes off it's going to be a little cold for you but i'm going to cover you with a towel very fast and then we're going to bathe you know and then you do this without even realizing it builds into conversations about everything you're explaining what you're doing you this is the same for kids you know as they get older i know this kind of falls away because then you figure Shh, you know what i'm doing but you can actually explain especially new experiences you can explain that you know i'm going to you walk them through so that they know what to expect and that's very helpful and teach them that someone that doesn't do this for them especially with a new experience um maybe they should they have a right to ask questions and if those questions are not answered sufficiently then they can hit pause okay for example um i'll share an experience from my childhood that maybe will help you guys shed some light um as a teacher as a guardian as a parent if you if you're someone new maybe or if you some or if you're, if you're doing this with a child say your niece or your nephew um for example we went to school i remember it was my first day i'll never forget that my first day at school i had just changed school so i was in p4 the first day happened to be a pe day guys and i was wearing full uniform you know the formal one and at that time you couldn't take your full formal uniform to the to the sports ground so 
I found it very strange. I had to take my dress off and it was so uncomfortable. It's the morning. I literally started hours ago. I don't know any of these kids. And now I'm in a scenario where I'm wearing only my underwear. What on earth? That's not right. No one explained anything. It was just take your uniform off and we go. And you have to do it. Do you see how we set our kids up to really fall into scenarios that are just not okay? So if you've taught your child that they have a right to their body, that child is going to ask, but why? And if that child doesn't get answers, you need to tell them they have a right to stand firm and say, no, I will not be doing that. I am not comfortable with that. Okay. I think that is a way to get them to understand. Of course, um, I think a teacher helped me take my clothes off at the time. And you see, these are the things. So a teacher should be able to explain, okay, I'm going to help you take your uniform off because we need to do A, B, C, D. Or I'm going to help you change into this because we need to do A, B, C, D. Um, maybe your child has needs, needs an underwear change at school and the, the teacher needs to help her. Maybe she has soiled herself, he or she. So... These are the scenarios. This person has has to explain to your child what they It might seem obvious, but it's not. And you owe it to that child. And if you're touching them, then they need to know why, especially when it's coming from a stranger. So teach your kids this as well, guys. So as we are carrying this process on, many of us, especially... Okay, just many of us. Let me not, let me not just try and break it down. Many of us are living with either help at home or living with relatives or living with people. Yes, I already said that these very same people could be the perpetrators, could be. But you need to bring everybody on board. Why? They need to be able to carry on what you've started, especially for parents who are away or working or whatever. They need to be able to follow through. If your kids need to be washing their underwear, they need someone who will know, okay, now it's time to wash your underwear. If your kid is going to say, um, just only, I only asked you to help me scrub my back or please, um, thank you, that's enough. That person should be on up to date and know that oh, when this child says that's enough, I need to stop. If it's playing with a relative at home. And the child says, enough, enough. You know these tickling games. No, 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 enough, stop. That person needs to know that right now we've started something and we have to follow through on it. So that person needs to be able to stop and then watch the child and wait. If the child would like them to continue, even for yourself, but if the child would like them to continue, then they will speak up or say as much. But do you understand? There has to be follow through. Uh, there has to be follow up. There has to be continuity. And how do you do that? By making sure everybody in your household is aware. If there is a perpetrator in your household, they are going to be, for lack of a better word, soiling their pants. Because guess what? Now they know what you started. Guess what? They are going to think twice before they try any mess. So please, this is this works in everybody's favor. I'm still trying to work through how you bring a helper on board. Um... But I think the first and most important thing is for them to walk with you and shadow you on some of these things so that they see what you're doing. And then have a discussion with them after if each step. 
you know, have a minute or two where you stand aside and take them through. We've just discussed this. I'm teaching this because of ABCD. Have you understood it? Do you have any questions type of thing? That way, there's not going to be a scenario where something happens in the future, God forbid. Something happens in the future and they will claim, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't understand it properly. Oh, I was confused. No, not going to happen. Make sure everybody in your household is up to date and on board with this. So in this um, age or era of information, we need to be very mindful, very careful of what we might inadvertently expose our kids to. What am I trying to say? Right now, I'm trying to teach my kids how to use the computer. But what's on my computer? Do you understand what I'm saying? What could they click on by mistake that can traumatize the living daylights out of them for the rest of their lives? What could what what sites could they stumble upon, you know, that could lead them to down a rabbit hole of weird chats and people putting weird ideas in their minds. I mean, we've had all sorts of things, you know. So how do you protect your kids? And in this age of information where we are constantly taking, I'm a culprit, a huge culprit of this, always taking pictures, always taking videos. I mean, I'm trying to be this blogging thing that I'm trying to do that's, as a mom blogger, that's, I think... How do I say it? It just goes with the territory. So how, what, what, what gives, what, oh, what am I trying to say? Um, how do you do this and how do you be aware of what you're doing and how do you do it in a way that is, you know, that you're being careful and, and also educating, you know, it, it all comes, it all kind of sinks together and makes one cohesive, um, can I call it a thing? You know, if I'm going to be taking pictures, what kind of pictures am I putting out there, right? Two, if um, my kids know I'm taking pictures of them, how does it affect them? How do they feel? Mine are very young right now, so trying to get to get them to understand, okay, I'm trying to write about this. I want to take a picture. May I? It's quite hard. It's quite hard. And honestly, quite frankly, I'm a huge culprit and I'm still trying to figure this out. But let's be mindful, you know, let's be mindful of using our kids as props and trying to dress them up to look older or trying to get them to act older. Guys, be very careful of this. You're inviting something on that is way bigger, way bigger than anything you can ever imagine, you know. So try and I'm not saying don't do any of these things. People have their reasons why they do everything, but just be mindful and just do it when you know what you are doing and what it could expose you to. And if you know, then you're going to probably put measures in place to help you to deal with the repercussions of doing doing what we do, right? So just to know that the internet is a, is a very dangerous place. It's a very fun, nice place, but it can also, it also has a dark side. So we need to be mindful of this each and every day, okay? And it's a learning process. But yes, um, if your kids are using your, your, your gadgets, what are you putting in place to, um, what's the word, what controls do you have in place, you know, such, such that they don't come across anything crazy. I mean, my kids try to play with my phone all the time. There are all kinds of WhatsApp groups. You don't know what someone is going to post. You don't have that control. So how are you going to 
try and control all of that. You can put locks on different apps, I guess. I think WhatsApp, you can put a code. So you need to try and figure it out. But the, the idea here is to get you to think and to figure it out. The other thing that I wanted to tackle is um, secrets. Secrets are very tricky. I've noticed my, my daughter is starting to enjoy this whispering thing with her friends. Um, I know it's before her time, but because of the older kids being excited about it, she's also like picked up on it. So secrets. What is a good secret and what is a weird secret? A surprise birthday party that you're planning for someone is a nice secret to keep. A stranger telling your child, don't tell mommy because of ABCD or else I'll do ABCD. That's not right. So how do you teach? This is an ongoing process and something that we are going to be building on and working on. And hopefully, I'll update you guys as we go along. We could have a second session. And we could even have a Q&A where you guys can call in and ask questions. Or you can send in questions and I can address them. But that one is also something to look out for and to consider and to think about. Um, I might do another blog on that once I have more information on how to share and how to to get them to understand what is good or bad. Um, but yeah, please, secrets is something that we need to also address and to be aware of and to also constantly have conversation and create an atmosphere in your home where your kids can talk to you almost about anything. That always goes a long way. How do you do that? I'm a culprit. I overreact. Um, but I'm hoping that my partner, their, my husband, their dad, is um, more neutral and therefore, at least one of us will be able to be that person that they can go to. You know, every mom wants to be that person. But, you know, with moms, it's very hard. We're very emotional. <laughs> but, yeah, you get what I mean. So, um, secrets, that one you have to also address and think about deeply and have a chat with your kids. And to wrap this up, guys, keep talking to them. Keep sharing. Try and keep communication open and honest and fun. And keep sharing the videos and watching and rewatching and talking and bringing up ways to discuss it or being attentive and responsive to their questions. That goes a long way. Um, I'm going to share some resources that I've been using, as well as um the the blog, the blog that where you can go to read more and get more in depth with this discussion but thank you so much for listening i appreciate you all let's keep our kids safe we can do this bye for now thank you guys so much for joining me i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day i hope everything that i've shared will be super helpful Please remember, I am not a consent educator. I am just a mom looking out for her kids and hopefully helping you guys look out for yours. Please remember to share with your friends, family, and subscribe. From Mama Zay, God bless and take care.